Hi, I'm Jessie Draper. I am first and foremost a mom, a boy mom to be exact, a boy mom who invests in female-founded companies. Yep, the joke's on me. I'm the founder of Halogen Ventures, a former entrepreneur and creator of an Emmy-nominated television series on technology. My mission is to support women and help raise awareness about the biggest issues facing society, women, and families today, starting with solving childcare. From celebrity guests to founders and politicians, everyone came from a family somewhere. And I want to hear from you, the families of America, on how we can make change because I can't do this alone. Let's get started. We have monumental work to do. Mommy, mommy, mommy. After her daughter was born, new mom Monica Royer wanted to know that the clothing and blankets that touched her daughter's skin would come from the softest, most trustworthy fabrics available. When she couldn't easily find those products, she decided to make them herself. Royer's experience advising her brother Andy Dunn, founder of Bonobos, combined with her passion for fashion and dresses as her mother handmade most of her clothing growing up, inspired her to build the go-to children's brand for informed parents and gifters who expect the best. Monica and Andy offers organic essentials for kids and babies, along with kids' classes and events for new and expecting parents. With a young daughter at home, Royers made it her personal mission to empower other female entrepreneurs and young girls to reach their potential. Through online channels like her podcast, The Mentor Files, and the Monica and Andy Girls Foundation, she hopes to pay forward the support she received as a budding female entrepreneur. Well, Monica, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to have you. You're such an incredible mom, CEO. You're doing so much for childcare and um, families in general. Um, so I want to start. You're a mom and you're mm -hmm. working and it's a lot. So what's your mom win of the week? So for example, um, mine right now would be, I feel like every night I'm coming home and barely seeing my kids this week. It's been a really busy week. It's a Friday morning. And, um, so last night I was determined to spend time with them. So we played Zingo. Have you played Zingo? It's oh like, yeah. I mean, who hasn't played Zingo? Yeah, Zingo oh, I'm assuming everyone. For those of you unfamiliar, Zingo is essentially <laughs> bingo that hopefully teaches your kids to read and associate with pictures, but really it's just bingo. Um, and it's like has a fun little like gadget that the kids love to do and it's fun. But so we played Zingo and that was a huge win. I felt like it was a fun social activity. I spent some time with my kids and it takes like, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And I was like, okay, I'm being a good mom today. So that was my mom win of the week. What about you? Yeah. So uh, I'll tell you about my mom win of the week, a little bit about me as a mom, just to kind of give the backdrop. So I have one child. I've had four pregnancies. So three miscarriages. Oh my gosh. Thank and you so for that. IVF and all that. We'll see what happens in the long run. The story's not finished. Um, but one of the things I've done in the meantime, since I have like one amazing daughter, is I just decided, you know what, Jesse, to heck with it. I'm just going to take her everywhere with me. Board meetings, faraway meetings, like whatever they were, like all age. I was like, and, and sometimes my mom would travel with us and it was hard at first. So this week, and I can't throw where we went this top secret, exciting thing that we're going to be announcing. Oh my God. I can't um, wait. Also full disclosure. Uh, I'm an investor in Monica's company. So I'm really excited about whatever this secret. Oh my is. gosh. And we'll have to chat offline because I'm excited to tell you about it too, but it took my daughter and like we successfully managed and it was like super messy. There was like a few meltdowns, some from her, a couple that were mine. 
Um, you know, like, but now in this post COVID world, like we're back to like being on road shows together for stuff. And I feel like it was just like, for me, the win sometimes is like, it's the little things. Right. right. And then sometimes it's like, can I somehow like get my work life and my home life to like intersect in a way that's like actually positive. And I would say like 51 year, weeks a year, it doesn't work like that. And then there's like one week, like this week where I'm like, oh my gosh, it intersected. And we actually had so much fun and we came back in one piece. So like the, for me, like at this stage, I feel like that's one of the wins is like when I get to sort of incorporate her into what I'm doing and she actually finds it fun. That is such an incredible um, way of parenting. First of all, thank you for sharing that. I think that's more people should do that. You know, growing up, um, my parents had four kids and my mom was an incredible stay at home mom worked harder than anyone I know. And my mom would say to my dad, Oh, you're going to a business conference in China. And he'd be like, yeah. And she'd say, great, take a kid. And I went and I traveled all around the world um, with him to business conferences from about the age of 12. And it's some of the most incredible experiences I have ever had. And I think back and I learned so much about business growing up and so much about international business. And um, anyway, it's so great you do that with your daughter. I think um, more people should do that. And it's like, I think COVID, if nothing else, really shined a light on like, you know, there are families, people have children, we don't have to pretend we don't like they should be a part of our world. So definitely. I and that. I think even for me, from the, in, the onset of like taking on, um, you know, investors, like I feel like I've ha tried to lead by being like unapologetic about motherhood, because I think if like people don't want, um, to support you as a mother, then like they can't support you as like a human being and a leader. And so I was really fortunate that early on, even the investors that I had that weren't women, I mean, it wasn't until later in the, in the stages, Jesse, that like incredible people like you started to like really build into like, how do we really have women investing in women? Um, but at some of the earlier stages, it was just like, I wanted to make sure that the people that were investing we're also focused on like investing in me as a human being and me as a family person and all of that. And I think like that's sometimes hard to find, but it's, it's been fun. And it's good to know that you did that with your dad, because I think a lot of times like wait to the age of like 18 or 20 and like, is, is this experiment, see how this experiment of like her coming with me turns out. So I'm excited to hear that you did the same thing. I mean, I think it's so important. Like I even, because of that, I think of like, when can I bring my kids to start, you know, hear some speech I was giving. They're always in school. So I haven't been able to do much of that, but I keep talking to my husband like, Hey, I have a speech in a month. Like maybe they could come watch or just be in the audience. I think it's good for them to experience those things or to come to a meeting or come to the office with me. Um, my kids are so little still. Wait, so how old is your daughter? She just turned 11, which is oh crazy. God. So she's like, oh my and goodness. And she's been doing it, Jesse, since I would say like, so I was, I stayed at home for like the first three years as I was sort of transitioning from like, been in the pharmaceutical industry previously, like, and then transitioning to this. And so I was like building the company almost from like day one that I had her in the hospital and then like really got busy when she was like three or four. And so it was right then that I was like, all right, well, you know, I don't. I, there's nothing I can do with her except bring her with me and my parents. And I know what we can talk more about childcare. Like they basically came along for the ride with me too, because to your point, you need like somebody needs to be there helping you while you're doing stuff. It wasn't like, I just managed like a three or four year old with a full-time job, like all at one hand, like not at all. 
Yeah. I mean, you have to have some sort of support system. I, I look, you know, look to those people who have the village and I'm like, I don't have the village. My family lives all over. Um, mm. but you do need some sort of support system. Um, the, so, you know, okay. You are our first, uh, Chicago mom that we're mm -hmm. having on monumental and, I would love to hear what's the lay of the land there. What's the childcare situation in Illinois? Do you know how it differs um, from the rest of the United States? And um, I like what's the private versus public school? Like, what does your daughter? What kind of school does your daughter go to? And just like, what does it look like? Like, give us the lay of the land. Definitely. So first of all, I've been like a Chicago in my whole life. Initially in the suburbs, and then as an adult, have lived in the city. And I will say, like, I love coming and visiting everywhere else. And there's so many great cities, but definitely love, love, love Chicago. I feel like it's just an incredible place to live. I think it's an incredible place to raise a family because aside from like the school systems, which are great, I think that like the museums and like, there's just like such a great culture that's here that like you can really immerse your child in. And so there's a lot of free days at different museums. And I feel like, um, I think a lot of people take advantage of that to be able to really like showcase sort of like you know the, bringing the world to their children here in Chicago cool. um and I think the one other thing about Chicago which is great and I'm by the way no expert on like the school systems here or anything like that but I feel like there's incredible both public and private schools in I would Chicago. like to correct so I you I would like to correct you because every mom is an expert so okay. I assure you okay well fair <laughs> thank you so much and perhaps not an expert in the educational system here um, but I feel like it's just like, so there's, there's a really good set of choices. Um, my brother and I both were public school kids. And so at, even thinking about like where to send my daughter to school was like agonizing. Cause I was like, I know like the public school system's great. The private schools here are great. So like, I feel like you can't go wrong in either way that you're doing things here in Chicago, which is awesome. And I think for me, the biggest thing as like a working mom, um, was honestly, proximity where I was like how what's the closest place to like my office quite frankly that she could go to school because I knew how much of a journey that would be like back and forth to work and then we live in like a multi-generational Indian family so my mom is an immigrant my parents actually live one floor below me in the condo building that we are here in Chicago and for a while Jesse my brother um, Andy Dunn had just moved back to Chicago about a year ago and for a while he lived in the, we had bought a new place and he was living in our old place. So all last summer, all of us lived in this condo building, oh which was, it was like a college dorm. That's you know, we so were like in and out, like you never, you were coming home and you're like, oh, we've got people over. This is great. Like it was like a constant flow. He probably lives like a mile away now um, with his like adorable, uh, almost two-year-old. So I think like it was also about like proximity to like if my parents needed to walk and pick her up, like how could we, how could you do something that was like more seamless from like a distance perspective? So for me, the number one thing when I was looking at like childcare was like, how can I be close by right. so that she needs me to come on there? But I will say Chicago is great and that there is no lack of like an incredible school system on either side of the fence. That's so great. Um, and I love hearing that. I mean, we have a big family and um, when we're all together, it's so fun. And when everyone's sort of staying in the same place or in the same house, it's crazy and fun. Now everyone's having kids. It's a blast. So I love hearing that you guys were all living in the same. Um, <laughs> Literally in the same place. 
the uh, and I think COVID brought a lot of families together like that too. Um, so it sounds like you have a real built-in support system, which is so nice. Um, you have that village. Um, you know what? Um, okay, so what is you've explained this a little, but what's the current childcare for your kids? Does your husband work? What does that look like? And then how does that differ from how you grew up? Because I do feel like you know, people always think I'm not going to do what my parents did here, but I liked what they did here. And so there is always some sort of differentiation uh, because you learn about how you grew up. It sounds like you guys were public school kids. Um, mm -hmm. I went to public school and then I went to private school. Um, and I, I actually like really like what I got from both. And I want my kids to kind of experience both of those things, for example. Um, so tell me about your child care. Yeah. So I, basically my childcare for my daughter has very much been my parents. And so like it from, you know, almost the minute that I started working because, and as you asked about like my husband and he, who is amazing, I think in some ways we were incredibly stupid I, for lack of a more eloquent way to term it. Like my brother had started Bonobos. I started Monica and Andy, like, of course, years later, and my husband founded a furniture company called Interior Define. And so we, like, the trifecta of just, like, we bit off so much more than we can chew. Like, the fact that... And, it, and those are all it, incredible businesses. Like, it's yeah. also such success stories. So it's kind of mind-blowing that the three of you were running these three very successful businesses because I feel like when people start companies they're not always successes and you have three successes within an inch of you that's amazing. well thank you that's very nice of you to say but I will say like to be candid because the conversation is candid right behind the scenes it was very messy and really hard and I think I'm so grateful to have built such a great relationship with my husband and that we're still together today because I feel like to survive like almost 10 years between the two of us of startup life, I would not recommend to anybody that you in a marriage both have a startup. And I think in some ways it's like unique because we had a deep understanding of what the other person was going through. And maybe if only one of us was doing it, you'd be like, why can't this, why can't he get off his phone? Like it's like 10 o'clock at night and something new's come up, but you have like a deep empathy. On the other hand, it's like, it's so all encompassing of you as a human being that it just, it like strips away everything around you. And so I think that my husband and I are complete opposites. The things I like to do at home are the opposite of the things that he likes to do at home. And so I, I think together we make a really good team. Like I like to say I'm the opener and he's more the closer. So it's like, I'm like way better in the morning. I'm like ready to kick anything off. You could get me up at like 3 a.m. By like 9 p.m. I'm like garbage. I like, I'm like, I've just like totally powered down and can't function, but then back. And so so I think it's like the opposites in us that are able to, like, he does all the laundry. He does tons of cleaning. Like, I think like it's a real partnership in that sense. And then if you didn't insert my parents into the equation and they're like full time, like my mom was like making dinner for us every night. Like they're like, now I feel like we're getting to like a, a slightly more organized stage of things. But I think like it was just, my parents just put the oxygen mask on us like when we couldn't do it ourselves and they just kept it going. And it, Jesse, it's not even just like the big things. It's the little things where my mom would like, you know, how is Bella doing in math? Like, how is she doing here? Like, maybe we need to, like, it was like, they did the deep work alongside of us of like, what are all the things that you need to holistically think about, you know, for your child? And I'll say, taking it back to my childhood, my mom came here from like India at the age of 18. 
to finish her schooling, but to basically send work money back to her ailing father. She was one of seven children. So she immediately had to come via Canada and then to the United States to support her family. And so um, my mom's life is so different than mine. Like, I feel like we were so, even though we were, you know, just regular people, like there was nothing special about our childhood. I think Andy and I, we, we weren't millionaires, but we felt like it because my parents were like so focused on us. We felt so loved. My mom works full time, but she was there for us. Like, I feel like it's, it's, um, it's like this feeling that you try to give your child that like, no matter how things are in your life, um, that they are the most important thing. And I don't know if like, I'll find out in 10 years if I've been successful at doing that, but I will say my parents were really successful at doing that. And so I came away feeling like women can do anything, right? My mom came from a culture in which women weren't highly educated at the time that she was born, but her, her father, who was very poor, still educated his daughters as if they were sons. And so like, I, my grandfather has been gone for 50 years. I never met him, but the values that he had are still the strongest values that drive a lot of the family today. And so my mom and her five sisters were powerhouse women that came and, and forged their own careers here in the US. I have one aunt that's still in Delhi and, and two uncles, but I think it was like those values of an immigrant that I now try. Like my daughter was born 88 years to the date of my grandmother. And my grandmother was married at the age of 12 and had the first of her nine children, seven that survived at the age of 14, right? And here my daughter is coming up on the age of my grandmother, right? Wow. And like in a few generations, you think like how far your family can come, but how, how you want to take some of like the values and like, how do you, and you know, when you're no longer living in, in that country, how do you bring some of that without like the pictures and the memorabilia? We don't have that. My family was um, very early on, my grandmother and family were uprooted during partition and had to move, you know, on a long track. My, my mother was born in uh, a at like a refugee camp. And so like, they, we don't have anything. There's no old pictures or anything. So you, you know, it's like, how do you instill those values? And I think my parents did hopefully a good job in instilling those in my brother and I, and like, and then we think a lot about how we do that for my daughter. And to your point, everybody can't live in a multi-generational family. I think there's pluses and minuses. Sometimes you don't appreciate the time you spend with people because you see them all the time. Like there's the flip of it. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's a lot your child can learn from seeing the circle of life, right? Right. Seeing, you know, seeing that, like uh, understanding that, like there's so much that older people have a value to a young generation, I think can be like very powerful. Wow. Monica, thank you for sharing all of that. You have such an incredible family history. I mean, that's so amazing. And it sounds like um, through generations, so many value, values were instilled. But what's sticking with me is this idea of love. And it's like, it doesn't matter what you have or don't have as a child, like you want to pass on love and kindness. And in any family, like I hope all of the parents out there listening, you know, those moments when you're having that really tough day, and you're just like, I am a terrible parent, I did this, like, 
speak more kindly to yourself first of all and realize like if you're loving your kid I mean that is a very simple thing to do and Mm -hmm. you know everyone is juggling a lot of things and I loved hearing you just talk about that um I'm sure your daughter will feel very loved but I think that's important you you know as a as a kid you want to feel like you have someone behind you just cheering for you and helping you get to where you want to get. Um, I certainly feel that from my family and um, it sounds like you feel feel that from yours still. Um, that's amazing. Uh, wow. The, um, well, so to switch gears a little bit, um, the, you know, I want to hear about Monica and Andy. I mean, you, I, I didn't even think about the fact that you guys were all running companies at the exact same time. That's mind blowing to me, but tell me what was the origination um, why did you want to start this company and, um, yeah. And how has it evolved? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting when like, so my brother started Bonobos in 07, which is like a lifetime of lifetimes ago at this point. And I remember, it's so funny to think back on it. Cause I remember it was like a startup and this drive to consumer brand and he had investors and I had literally had no idea what any of that meant at the time. Like none, I was, just, I just knew, you know, my brother was 27 years old. He seemed to have this rapidly growing business. And I remember just thinking, like, how do I support this human being? And what's interesting now, Jesse, is there was so much happening behind the scenes that people never knew understood. Like my brother's now read, you know, written a memoir called Burn Rate that's about like his whole mental health journey. Everyone has to read this book. It's incredible. It's incredible. And thank you so much. And I feel like, so there's so much more of an openness now to be like, here's what we really were going through during that time period. And so like, as any older sister, I feel like I had like an eye on my brother, but as you read the book, you'll understand like my eye was probably closer on my brother than maybe other people's. And I feel like, so I had this like front row seat totally inadvertently, like with no desire to learn anything about business. And by the way, I'd never taken a single finance course, a single business course. Like there was nothing about my background that would have suggested that like, I wanted to start a business. So fast forward to when I had my daughter and it was immediately like, I was, you know, thinking about like, all right, what's going to touch her skin first? Like, how do I buy things that are organic? And I, even shopping online, I was like, at that time, especially, and now there's been such an incredible evolution. Like parents weren't, no, but there not was even nothing. forefront the way retailers thought nobody cared. Like it yeah, was just it like, was, it was terrible. Like there was literally nothing like literally nothing whatsoever. And then the bigger thing for me, so it was about like, how do we bring like soft organic fabrics? I thought a lot about the factory, right? We were working in India and I thought like, what are the, what's the quality of the factories that I'm working in? My mom and I could be working in those factories, right? Like I thought a lot about the humans that were actually making the clothing. That was really important to me too. So it was like, how do we work with these GOT certified organic factories? And then as soon as I started to work on the product and I knew what I wanted that to be, I was on this like three-year journey as a mom that was staying at home. And I was like, this is, I was so lonely. I remember I was just like, I remember like feeling like literally uh, with a crying newborn baby, my husband had a different job at the time and had gone back to work. He was super supportive. And at that time, my parents didn't like it yet live in the building, but I just felt like desperately lonely. And I was like enjoying time with my daughter, but I feel like it was like this unspoken, like suddenly you're just like cut off from society a little bit. And I don't think that's what it's meant to be. Like if you go to some of these other countries, it's like this inclusive village that circles around you. And here I was like isolated to my condo in Lincoln Park. It was really cold. She was born at the end of November. And I remember thinking like, I don't know that I could ever 
do this again, you know? And so I started like getting to meet moms at some classes and like other parents. And, and then I thought like, all right, I don't, it's not just about the product. We have to have great products, but like, how do I, how do we somehow feel like people's first friends? Like, how do we welcome people in to motherhood and to parenthood? And um, so it was really born out of just like a total desire of like what I felt was lacking at the time between apparel, but much more so it became about like community and how do we impart information and friendship on people in a way that I just felt like complete isolation myself. I love that. I mean, you started this business and you guys have grown so much. Where can people find your products now? Yeah. So monicanandy.com is the primary place in which you can find our products. Um, and then we've, you know, we are now like, we have some products at Bye Bye Baby. We really consider ourselves to be this event driven brand where like, we love getting, we love meeting parents at all stages, but like for us, like we're so excited when we meet people that are pregnant and just having a baby. Cause we think about obviously with fertility and everything. And I've been through a lot of that. Like sometimes pregnancy can take a really long time, but in some cases it's like nine months and it, it is the, the fastest journey from one place to another place. And so the sooner that we can meet people on that continuum and hopefully like impart some information on them, like we have classes and experiences and a lot of that can be virtual now too, um, is like when, when we're really excited to be able to, to, to get to know people that are just starting that journey. It's so important too to connect during that journey because you feel so lonely. Like you just feel like, oh my God, I don't know what to do with my baby. And I remember the first time I joined a baby group, um, I felt like, oh good, there other people are going through this weird thing that I was going through with like breastfeeding or whatever it is. And I mean, you need to talk about it. It's like therapy and a point. Um, it's therapy and constant education. You know, it's like you have to educate yourself so fast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I feel like everybody, it's so interesting, even though like motherhood changes a little bit in terms of like the years that go by, you know, so many of the themes of what people are thinking about, like feeding and sleeping and, 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 you know, nobody really talks about the fourth trimester as much as they should, because I feel like it's in a good way or a bad way, like, however, the fourth trimester plays. And I think for most people, it's like so good, but it's like a crisis still, you feel you're like, you're totally sleep deprived and it's wonderful, but you know, sometimes you just have to acknowledge that that complete disruption from like the dreaminess of the pregnancy, you know, even though that can sometimes be fraught with difficulties too, to just like having this human being to keep alive. And I saw somebody on Instagram recently, it was so cute. Like it was like this one year thing and they're like, we kept this child alive for one year and I thought like yes yeah the birthday should be a celebration of our ability to just like make it through another year totally. and just and just get to that finish line because it's like obviously a celebration for the child but it's like a triumph for the parent that like you you did it you made it through another one I love that I think it's so true you should celebrate that you kept them alive I mean I yeah, yeah. I think that's such a um, wonderful thing the fourth trimester definitely goes just forgotten. And I have to say like this baby, this last baby I had, this was the hardest fourth trimester I've ever had for the third. I had like different hormone things happening. And it was like, I was like postpartum depression was kind of coming on and I was having so much more anxiety than usual. And I wish more people talked about that because I just thought something was like wrong with me. But 
the doctor's like, no, this is totally normal. You know, you just had a baby. Like, of course you're freaking out. And um, I think people need to talk about that. So you guys have great um, classes that can help um, educate people around all things um, related to children. And I highly recommend um, everyone goes ch and checks out Monica and Andy, not just the clothes, but also the classes. Um, it's a great community you guys have built. Um, so, okay, I didn't know you were obsessed with orcas. Um, I love orcas, but I didn't know <laughs> that people had major obsessions with them until I heard about this. So you, so tell me about orcas and your passion for them. And yeah. So, so, so the funny thing is like when I was a kid, I remember the, the earliest thing that I wanted to be was like a marine biologist. I can't remember who I saw and I was like, oh, that would be so cool. And then I realized like, actually I'm like terrified of everything in nature, you know, like I was like, all right, this is not a career. Like it's probably scared to swim in the ocean, like probably not going to end up in marine biology. But I think one of the things I've learned from like, you know, the 10 years of just all of the things that have gone on with all of the startups in our family is, and we're really fortunate. It's like travel to LA and Chicago, New York, you get to go to all these great cities that when I actually get a chance to get away, it's like, I kind of don't really want to go to a city. I'm like, I need to like get out and like, and recharge. And so I think, and one of our trips out, I think it was like a work trip to Seattle. We took, we went out to the San Juan Islands. Um, and for people that don't know where the San Juan Islands are, and I feel like it's not a lot of people have heard of it. I don't think I'd heard of it before you like fly to Seattle, you drive like 90 minutes to the, a, a different part of the coast there. And then you take a ferry that's like 60 or 70 minutes to one of these islands. And when you get there, it's not too far from Vancouver. So if you're familiar with like Vancouver Island, Vancouver, it's kind of like in that neck of the woods. And I mean, it's just so beautiful. There's like all this greenery, there's like the Olympia National Forest and mountains that are like, uh, that you can see. And then there's this, I think it's called the Strait of San Juan de Fuca. And it's one of these like passages for orcas. And there are some that always live there and some that are like coming and going. And every year one of the things that we've done with my daughter is like we've gone out there and like we've gone whale watching and it's just there's something it's so differentiated from the day-to-day -day life that we lead and it's not super remote but it just feels like you're somewhere else and so I think it's not really just the orcas it's more of like that's been like magical family moments for us where your phone actually doesn't work on the boat. So that's like helpful because, you know, you actually have to stop interacting with what's happening and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm totally out of range. So, you know, it's maybe I just have to get on a whale watching boat to get out of range every now and again. But there's something about these whales that are so smart. And it's just like, so I don't know. I mean, I'm no like expert on whale whales or anything like that, but it's just been something where getting to see my daughter even see something that's just totally different from like the day-to-day -day for us has just so become really special. And I think there's something about, for me, like recharging and like taking in nature, like not from a tent or anything like that, more from like a, you know, a place where there's like a heated shower and like a place to sleep. <laughs> I don't want to like, I don't want to misrepresent myself. I'm not outdoorsy, but there's something about being in nature that's just really wonderful. And there's something about these animals. Like for me, when I first saw it, it just like there was a connection. I was like, this is just, it's, it's just an incredibly magical place. It's so, I mean, it sounds so magical. And you know, my husband's from Seattle. So I'm like, oh, we have to do this. It sounds incredible. Oh my God. Yes. I'm sure he's done it. He's I mean, yeah, probably growing up. I'm sure he did something like that, but this sounds incredible. Um, yeah. I think getting out in nature too, just, especially for kids, like when my kids are freaking out, I'm like, okay, we need to get out of the house or 
you know, just like have a mental shift. And especially when you live in a city, um, which you can definitely understand, it's like, you need to, I'm like, I need to find a tree or something like some outdoors. Thing. Yeah. And especially after COVID, I feel like we got, you know, you couldn't go anywhere for so long. And yeah. so it's like the more, just like craving it even more to like, how do you, like, what are the ways when, especially when you have so much going on as a mother and with work and all of the things is like, how do you find like certain moments of like solitude and peace, even if you have your kids with you, which is hard to do. Right. But I think there's like, I think for everybody really understanding how you recharge in whatever way that is becomes so important to know. Cause sometimes people recharge by like socializing and I'm not like a socializing recharger. Yeah. Like for me, it's more like I need a minute to like soak something in. And I feel like that's been really nice. I mean, I feel like we have some really great lessons here. Um, one love is the most important thing, uh, for your children, uh, and make sure you're passing love on. And that's all that really matters. It doesn't matter what you have, what you don't have. And then also just remember to get out in nature every once in a while. This orca thing sounds amazing. Or just like go out to a field. And I have boys, so I feel like I have to run them like dogs in the morning. I'm like, okay, we need to go run the dogs. And then like, then we can have our day. <laughs> like they're so crazy. I don't understand why boys feel the need to like ram things into the walls over and over. Like it's just like get them outside, get your kids outside um, in the snow, in the sunshine. It's so good for them. Um, and then, um, well, so this is our goodbye story. So we'd love you to share, you know, is there a book you read before the age of 13 that meant a lot to you and why? When I think back to like things, like the number one book that stands out in my mind that I read before the age of 13 was Bridge to Terabithia. Oh and I gosh, remember so it was like this, it's such a, such a poignant story about like this friendship and the loss of the friendship. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, like that one has always stayed with me. Um, and when I think about like the lessons from the book and it's like my daughter recently read it too. And I think was like very touched by the story. And I certainly wish that I always lived my life by this, but I try even now is like, I'm getting older my parents are getting older. My daughter's getting older. I always think about like, you're so focused on the next moment, the next year for your kid, the next thing that's going to happen with your business, the next holiday, the next whatever, that I try to think all the time of like, how can I actually for just a second, even like live in the moment to appreciate what I have with today? Because like tomorrow might come and I might get whatever it is, X, Y, and Z that I want to happen. But like, maybe I won't have all the people that I have around me today. And so I think like that, that lesson in that book so much so that like, tomorrow might not come for whatever reason for whatever people around you and that like despite being goal-driven like enjoying the moment is so important and I think as a mother as somebody in business like it's very very challenging to live in the moment but I'm I like want to challenge myself with that even more this year um just be grateful for what I have today I love that live in the moment it's a, a beautiful thing also that book I remember reading that book that was such a um, it, it was such an incredible book to read. I actually remember more recently, I mean, not that recently, maybe like 10, 15 years ago, but a movie came out, I think, and I couldn't watch it because you know how sometimes you read the book and you're like, oh, oh yeah, so good. Like the movie, it's just going to ruin it for me. I can't do it. 
that Definitely. was one of those I never saw the movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I ever saw the movie either because you you can't relive it in the movie. It's so good. Well, that's a good um, recommendation for all the moms out there. Um, Monica has an 11 year old girl and she loved it too. So that's fun. It's also a great book to bond over. It sounds like with your daughter too to like have those books that you can kind of um, talk about. Definitely, and for her, I love all the Who Was books too. I feel like if like I feel like you would start reading those early, like gets them really interested in people's stories and all like there's so many good stories that you can tell them through those books so I highly recommend the who was books which is like pick any famous anybody through history or today and like there's probably a who was book and those are really really good we probably had like 200 of them at one one time I mean I wish I had those when I was younger like especially the ones on women there were no like books on great women I remember doing like a report on uh, Susan B. Anthony or something. And, you know, like you just, there, there weren't enough books covering incredible women in history. And now those, those are really great about it. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much, Monica. Um, thank you for being our guest. You are doing great work and, um, everyone go check out monicaandandy.com and, um, hope you enjoyed this interview. If you want to learn more about Monica, you can go to our, uh, Instagram page. Um, and, um, Monica, we better get to work because we have some monumental work to do. <laughs> so true. Jesse, thank you so much. You've been a tremendous support. Really excited to be on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me and excited to continue the conversation. Of course. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you. Um, Monica, thank you. Thank you. And then also, um, if there's anyone, you probably interact with so many great um, people in childcare, send them to us. Uh, We'd love to interview people within the government, politics, um, any kind of founders who you think are doing something interesting in like the future of family space and oh, children. Did you guys invest in Brella? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, it. I'll probably, I'm probably definitely going to have them on. Okay. Um, I was just thinking of her. I'll think about other people too, but she's like the first person that so comes great. to mind. She's yeah. Like, yeah. But yes, I'll send a list. And we just had We Care on. Um, and so, uh, and then we're going to have um, moms, like I want moms in every state. <laughs> And just to hear about what everyone's sort of different lifestyle is uh, being a parent, because I think it, it really is vastly different from state to state. Um, Definitely. So, uh, well, thank you so much for doing this. And then let's catch up soon. So okay. That would be great. About nice your magic you, project. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. I can't wait to tell you about it. Talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please write us a review. If you liked us, tell us what you think. Follow us on Instagram at monumental.podcast or at Jesse C. Draper and tell us who you want to hear from and how you think we can solve childcare. Also, please give us five stars.